Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and happy birthday to Sky Talkers. It's our <laughs> two year. <laughs> it's our two year anniversary, and wow, wow. I can't believe it. The The last year flew by so fast, and that's such like a, a cliche, but, you know, it's true. I can't believe we've been doing this for two years. I know. It sounds really I long. Still feel like, <laughs> it does. I still feel like the new kids on the block, on like the podcasting block. Yeah, I'm like, oh, check out my new podcast. It's not that new. <laughs> it's, not that new. it's not that new. Like, it's like a teenager in the podcasting world, I feel like, at this point. So weird. So crazy. I feel like we've changed so much, but also not that much and learned so much. And um, what was the highlight of your past year in podcasting? Um, Definitely solo. (laughs) Uh, Going to the solo premiere in Hollywood. I mean, does it get any better than that, honestly? No, No, that was probably my highlight too. But I would say... If anything, I look back on the past year and I'm just like really proud of the shows that we produced and everything um, that we've talked about and put out. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening for listening Mm -hmm. with us, whether you're new, whether this is your first episode, if you've been with us since our actually terrible first episode. um, Please don't Thank you so much. Yeah, please don't. Uh, It's it's really taken everything in me not to delete it. Uh-huh. But it's still there. <laughs> yeah, it's it is still there. <laughs> you can you can listen to it. Don't recommend it though. <laughs> no, just don't waste your time. Just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, thank you to all of our listeners who have joined us on this Sky Talkers journey through Star Wars. Um, it's been really fun, and you're right, Charlotte. I really loved the episodes we've gotten to do this year because this is like, I mean, this past year was like. I don't know. I just felt like we knew better what we were doing and we were able to like have more fun with our episodes and I don't know, kind of branch out and try some new things. And it's been really fun and I've really enjoyed it. Me too. Me too. And I also feel like we're going to look back on the past year in fandom and feel that it was almost like a downtime year, which is weird because I don't think that we w- we felt like that during um, the year at all. I think that we had Solo come out. We had like a whole new uh, Star Wars series come out. We had Rebels End and everything. But for me, I look back and I'm like, at least for the latter part of 2018, we had like a pretty chill time. Like we were able to kind of do, um, at least on the podcast, we were able to kind of branch out, like you said, and try different subjects and everything. And I really think we're going to look back on that past that year and be like, man, we really didn't have that much going on. And now we do because we're really on like the precipice of so much Star Wars television, more movies and everything. I love how you describe that, the precipice of, of everything. I'm just free falling into the galactic void. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word precipice. Coming in 2019. <laughs> yeah, we really are on the precipice of greatness. Precipice. We were right there. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I know on last year's dinner, which is, I guess, a thing that we do every year now um, at this time, because we, our first episode. We, we get to make it a tradition now because it's our second time. It's like, it's a thing now. It's tradition. Well, it's actually like our third time because our first yeah, episode was us talking about our Star Wars dinners. That's what we're doing, guys. We're going to be revisiting our Star Wars dinner, which we update every year. So last year's... Okay. So, Caitlin, do you want to give a quick recap over each of our Star Wars dinners? 
What's also a tradition is that Charlotte never likes to actually explain what Star Wars dinner game is. <laughs> she always makes me do it. Um, but basically, if you're new to the show, um, Star Wars Dinner is something Charlotte and I did on our very first episode of Sky Talkers. Um, it's something that we've been doing for a lot of years now um, in our friendship when basically whenever we run out of things to talk about, we would start asking each other like who we would bring to a dinner party of like Star Wars people and they would like have to come. <laughs> and so it was always like, okay, who are the five people you would bring to your Star Wars dinner party? And they have to come and you have to keep in mind the kind of conversation you want and the kind of tone you want to have. Um, and so now when mm-hmm. we have guests on the show, we ask them what their Star Wars dinner would be too. And uh, we got a, we get a lot of like really great answers from guests. They're much more creative than we are. <laughs> um, but uh, we also update our lists now uh, every year. Uh, And so just a little recap. So in 2017, my list was Dave Filoni, Gareth Edwards, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Ewan McGregor. And Charlotte's list in 2017 was Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Gareth Edwards, Carrie Fisher, and the black sheep, Freddie Prince Jr. (laughs) And in the episode, in our very first episode, Charlotte's like, I don't know why I'm bringing him, but he's coming to dinner. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and in 2018, my dinner was Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Adam Driver, John Boyega, and Carrie Fisher. And then in 2018, Charlotte's dinner party was George Lucas, Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, John Williams, and Carrie Fisher. Okay. So why don't we jump into discussing our. Um, new updated 2019 dinners, and then we'll answer all of your questions that you guys sent sent us. Yes. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? So, Caitlin, do you want to go first? Yes. Okay. So this will come as no surprise to anyone. Dave Filoni is number one on my list. <laughs> number one. Number one spot. Does he sit at the head of the table? I sit at one head of the table and he sits at the other head. (laughs) Actually, no, that's a lie. I want him to sit next to me. He can sit at the head of the table. I'll just sit next to him. (laughs) Um, Okay. So the first person on my list is George Lucas. I feel like my list this year is super boring. I feel like our lists are always super boring. Although this year I've I've compiled a good list. (laughs) Okay. I'm really excited. I, I can't see Caitlin's list. I just want everyone to know. I don't know what it is. Okay, so who's number two on your list? This isn't exciting, but number two on my list is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson is number two on my list as well. 2018 was the year of loving Ryan Johnson and appreciating that man. So I'm just like, I want him to be at dinner. I want to hear more about his plans for the new trilogy mm. that hopefully will happen. And you know, his entire experience of writing episode nine, like my favorite Star Wars movie. I He's I mean, amazing. Episode eight. Episode eight. Oh my God. Episode eight. <sighs> wow. Yeah. <sighs> See, my, my brain is very much in episode nine. Right. But, you know, Caitlin and I actually got to thank Ryan Johnson this past year, which was so great. I, I 
almost I keep forgetting that that happened that we met Ryan Johnson Keelan but right it was like it was so nice to be able to be like thank you for making like a movie that really genuinely changed our lives it was amazing yeah so I want him to come to our dinner so we can profusely thank him yeah and just think like <laughs> we could just show him lots of Raylo fan art and fan fiction and we would just like all squeal together you know he would he would love it <laughs> He'd be like, oh, my God, it's all in the movie. It's all in the movie. And we'd show, we'd show him – oh, my God. I'd show him our YouTube playlists. Mm. I feel like yeah. Ryan Johnson would really appreciate fan bids, you know? I think he totally would. He totally would. And then I could also show Dave Filoni that heartbreaking um, Anakin Ahsoka one called this You Are a Memory. Mm-hmm. And we could all cry. <laughs> <laughs> we could. We could all cry. Could all so cry. now your dinner is all about watching fan bids? Yeah, I think so. But that's not going to fly with the rest of my list, actually. So that'll have to be like appetizers or like after dinner. Then like me, Ryan, and Dave will just like all watch fan videos because the next person on my list – are you ready? I'm ready. Is Count Dooku. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I am bringing Count Dooku because honestly, I think that like Count Dooku and Dave Filoni and Ryan Johnson would all have like such interesting conversations about the Jedi. Like really fascinating conversations. I just – I would love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. And someone – one of our – one of our guests that we had actually invited Count Dooku as well. I can't remember who it was. Courtney did. Yeah, it was Courtney. Courtney. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that is such – a good idea. Like he would be an amazing dinner party guest. So I'm stealing it. He's coming to my dinner now. Yeah. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Um, my third guest is Dave Filoni for the same reasons Caitlin is having him there. We're gonna talk all about the Mandalorian, Clone Wars, everything that's up in his brain. He's gonna talk. He's gonna be nonstop talking, <laughs> which is something that I don't think he does that often. Yeah, exactly. So- <laughs> okay who's your fourth pick my next person that i'm bringing to my dinner is one of my faves underrated superhero of star wars laura santeca wow caitlin you are here bringing the fictional characters i into the dinner (laughs) i've said this every time i watch the last jedi or every time i watch the force awakens i'm like laura santeca deserves more that man has so much knowledge i need it you know, and yeah, I we just, need to know. Oh, and I and uh, there's so much he knows. It's just like all inside his like wonderful head. And so I need him to come too. He'll tell stories. It'll be fantastic. I think that's a good pick. I, think, I respect yeah. that. I'm I'm really excited for Larson Tech and Count Dooku to be like drinking buddies. <laughs> I don't think they would be, but they are both distinguished old men. I think they would be. That's they probably only drink like single malt whiskey or something. Or like scotch. (laughs) Scotch. Definitely scotch. Mm -hmm. So my fourth pick is Adam Driver. Yes. And I feel like that's just (laughs) self-explanatory. I I, want to look at him. I want to talk to him about his craft and what it takes to get into Kylo's mindset. Um, I also want Adam and Ryan. Like I want to see what their conversations are kind of like. I don't really know what their dynamic is at all. And I kind of want to see that. That's true. We don't really know what their dynamic is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Now, this is the wild card, the last person I'm inviting to my dinner. And I really think it's just going to nicely round out all of my goals for this dinner. Okay. The fifth and final place that my dinner party is Kaz from Resistance. Wow. 
Wow. Right? Wow. Right? (laughs) That's so interesting. It's like, just take a second to like let this dinner party percolate in your head. Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Count Dooku, Laura Santeca, and Kaz. (laughs) Kaz is just there like, what do I do? (laughs) See, me and Kaz would totally relate the whole time. And Kaz too would – the thing is Kaz would cry at all of the fan videos even though he had like no idea what was going on or like couldn't even tell you who Ahsoka Tano was. But he would just be bawling. Like that would just be him. He totally would. He would mm-hmm. be like, oh, it's just so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So and beautiful. then and then like <laughs> Count Dooku is definitely sitting next to Kaz. I think that's a great dynamic that should be explored. <laughs> 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 oh gosh. <sighs> this is my favorite dinner yet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and my final place is Kathleen Kennedy which has never really been invited to my dinner before, but I kind of want to talk to her about the future of Star Wars and what her goals really are and to, I don't know, I want to talk about her history in film and everything. I'd love to interview Kathleen Kennedy just as an aside. I think that she has so many incredible accomplishments and um, the way she's steering the ship forward with Lucasfilm, like I really respect and I want to talk to her about it. Um, So that's my dinner, which is just really boring. Yours is really exciting and mine is just like you'd expect that (laughs) yeah yeah but that doesn't mean it's a bad dinner it just means no what we like and we're consistent super consistent charlotte's (laughs) like yes very consistent always consistent great (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say though like i feel like it'll be hard to top this dinner next year honestly because like i'm obsessed with like this whole group of people (laughs) All together. The next time we do this, we will have episode nine, The Mandalorian, and Clone Wars under our belt. So you never Ooh. know what's going to happen. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm having like heart palpitations just like trying to like take all of that in, honestly. Like 2019 in Star Wars World stresses me out, like in a good way, but also in like a, oh, my, my That's blood why pressure I feel is like rising. We're going to look back on. 2018 and be like yawn (laughs) what a what a boring time (laughs) it's true it's true you're right you're definitely right um well there you have it folks those are 2019 updated star wars dinners for you i was a little scared to branch out but now that i've done it yes i feel really good about it yeah i feel feel really good about it i'm excited for this dinner party when when and if it should happen um unfortunately like two out of the three people on my list are were (laughs) killed (laughs) viciously Uh, (laughs) viciously (laughs) it's so funny because we're such skywalker stands and both of these people were killed by skywalkers (laughs) well you know <laughs> Anything oh. to have like a relation to a Skywalker is interesting to us. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our updated dinners. Um, if you've never told us what your Star Wars dinner is, please tell us. Um, I think it's so interesting hearing what other people bring to the table. Everyone else is always like more creative than we are. Um, but any Star Wars dinner is a good Star Wars dinner. So let us know who you would bring and why. Uh, but now I think we're going to segue into our questions. And so first we're going to tackle our questions from our Patreon. And then we're going to tackle the questions from our email and Twitter. So without further ado, let's get started. 
All right, welcome to this first part where we are tackling questions from our Patreon subscribers. Um, if you're new to Sky Talkers, you can head on over to our Patreon for bonus content from us as well as access to our Sky Talkers Discord. Um, and a lot of fun things are happening over there. So you can check that out on our website if you're interested. And they also get first priority on things like this where we do Q&As. So our first question is from Brooklyn Davis, and she asks, what has it meant to you to be a female podcast in what is perceived to be a male-dominated fandom? I've always loved Star Wars, but was never active in the community until I found podcasts like yours, where women like me could actively love and critique Star Wars. Was this part of what motivated you to create the podcast? Thanks for being such a positive and thoughtful light in the community. Love you. Thank you, Brooklyn. I feel like that's exactly what motivated us. Um, we really saw, I I don't know, Caitlin kind of speaks to this a little better than I can, but I feel like we had been longtime listeners of many podcasts. Many is a big word. A couple of Star Wars podcasts and always kind of never really felt our views and voices. And it's something we can look back on now and reflect on um, being represented. And I think that the podcast space is so different than what it used to be. It is so much more filled with like awesome voices. Um, but I think that we saw an avenue and we took that because we really just wanted to talk about Star Wars and we wanted an excuse to talk about Star Wars in a forum. Um, and that forum just happened to be podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you said it really well. Um, we weren't listening to a lot of podcasts before we started Sky Talkers. Um, we just didn't – we didn't realize how many podcasts were out there at the time. And the ones we were listening to, I think all of them were male-hosted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not yes. that they were bad. Um, it's just that they weren't talking about Star Wars the way that we wanted to talk about it. Um, there wasn't – a lot of them didn't talk about the prequels in a positive light. Um, it was <laughs> – to be horribly stereotypical, they were like older – guys who were original trilogy people and that was their thing and there's nothing wrong with that being your thing but we came at it from a perspective of like teenage girls who wrote fan fiction and watch fan videos and and love the like drama of the Anakin and Padme relationship and and really liked the story that the prequels told and that wasn't something that we were hearing on podcasts and we've talked about this before too we were always kind of looking for a way to talk to more people about Star Wars the way that we like to talk about it. And Mm -hmm. many of you know that we tried to do a really bad YouTube channel that failed miserably. (laughs) Um, And then we went to Dragon Con one year and that's like really when our like podcasting eyes were opened and we saw that there were a lot of people doing this and they were doing it like with a lot of different niche niches um, and like focusing on different things and talking about it in different ways. And it was really then that we realized this was something that we could do and it would be a great like way for us to talk about Star Wars the way that we like talking about it. And it really has been. Um, so mm-hmm. we're incredibly grateful to to have stumbled our way into this world. Yep. Yeah, I I feel like it took a while for us to find our footing. And by a while, I, I really do mean like a really long time. Like Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you're a longtime listener of the podcast. I'm sure that you know that Caitlin and I have been friends for a really long time, and Star Wars has really always been part of our friendship. And it wasn't until, you know, two years ago that we actually really dipped our toes in fandom at large. Like we had been going to conventions and everything, but it really took a really long time for us to get here. Um, and I think it's just because of our age and um, we had to find the right niche, like Caitlin said, and are the right spot um that we'd feel comfortable in and we feel very comfortable 
as a podcast. Yeah. I don't think um, – I don't think at the time back in 2017 we would have said that the reason we started the podcast was because it was a male-dominated field. I don't think that's something we would have said. But like looking back now, I, I think it's like what we subconsciously felt. Um, and now – two years down the line and seeing just how much the podcasting landscape has changed and how it is still such a male-dominated field. Um, a lot of the podcasts that get a lot more coverage tend to be more male-hosted and male-driven. Um, and just seeing at the same time, though, that there has been this like incredible growth in female voices being promoted and celebrated has just been really special for us um, to be any small part of that. Totally. Okay, so our next question is from Travis. And Travis asks, what has been your favorite part about doing this podcast and what has been your biggest challenge? My favorite part about doing this podcast, um, honestly, it's getting to talk with Charlotte. Um, I think that, I mean, we've been best friends since we were 13 years old. And even now that we're, you know, in our 20s, we live across the country, like this is a dedicated time that we get to talk to each other. And I think that's something really special given like, you know, like there aren't many people that have as long lasting friendships like we do. And Mm -hmm. I know that that's like never going to stop. And honestly, like doing the podcast is part of why. Um, And for me, I think that's really important um, because Charlotte is my best friend. And so kind of having that dedicated time, I think is really important because, you know, our conversation usually doesn't stop when our recording stops. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's usually – yeah, usually it, it starts either before we are recording and we're catching up on our day or afterwards um, where we're complaining about work or school or just like talking about our families. Um, so that piece of it is really special. Um, but also like just getting to form relationships in the Star Wars community. Two years ago, I don't think I really believed in like genuine online friendships and like how happy I am to have been proven wrong on that front oh, yeah. because there are so many amazing people that I know now, um, ones that I've gotten to meet in real life and ones that I'm anticipating to meet in real life really soon. And I am so excited about that. Mm -hmm. Also, just like personally, Caitlin and I were often calling each other and talking about Star Wars for like hours on end. It was a thing that we've done forever. And it was like, oh, we, we just read this interesting thing online. Like, let me call Caitlin and talk to her about this. And the thing is, is that now we have a place where all those conversations are essentially stored and we can always go back on them. And there's just so many hours, I think, of on each other's voicemails, um, on each other, like talking to each other over the phone of like theories and everything that would be so fun to revisit. And now we have this podcast that we're able to do that. So that's just kind of like a selfish reason for me is <laughs> I just think it's like a nice little time capsule for our friendship. But um, mm-hmm. I totally agree. In terms of our biggest challenge, I think our challenge will always be time. Um Personally, I feel like we, this is a hobby and Caitlin and I both have like external jobs and um, podcasting. I wish it was as easy as me just turning on the mic and then uploading it immediately, but I'm too much of a perfectionist for that. And I think each episode probably takes like, I don't know, from conception to like putting it out, I think it's probably somewhere between 10 to 12 hours of work that goes into an episode. That's like kind of not being that generous and often I want to do I want to do Caitlin sometimes too I want to do an episode like all the time and I just I overextend myself I think I think we both do 
Mm-hmm. Charlotte does a lot of does all of the like backhand work as far as editing and producing our episodes. So that she puts in a ton of extra time, um, and she's really good at it too. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you do good work. You do good work. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it's weird because sometimes coming up with episodes can be a challenge, and then other times it's like we have this like huge backlog of like all these ideas we want to get through. It kind of comes in like waves. I feel like um, it's so the weird. Past few years. So there have been like some months or some episodes where we're like, oh man, like what are we going to talk about? What are we doing? Um, and kind of like quote unquote kicking the can around to try and find an idea. But then other times it's like. Oh, we have this whole list. Like, how are we going to pick which one to do first? So, I think <laughs> that kind of challenge, I think, is really a, is a fun part of doing the the podcast. It's funny. Often, when I feel like we don't have an idea, I, we get closer to the podcast and we have like narrowed it down to three ideas, and like three more come out of it, and then I'm suddenly excited about it. I never feel like when we mm-hmm. sit down at the mic, I feel like we're we're. I f- never feel like we are just kind of dragging. I don't know. I don't know what the the metaphor is, but like kind of doing it just to do it going through the motions yes thank you I feel like we are every time we sit down at the mic we're really excited to talk about the topic that we're we're talking about it's like Mm -hmm. very genuine but often getting to that spot is kind of a lot of conversation yeah yeah and sometimes sometimes the I mean sometimes we have episodes planned out like two months in advance like our by George series last summer that one was planned out at least a month and a half in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like our last episode, our lightsabers episode, that one came really quickly because we didn't have a topic picked out yet. And then we had that that one kind of came up through like discourse and Twitter life and living our lives. And we had it three days before we started and it ended up being a really interesting conversation. Um, so it's funny how, how certain episodes come to life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The other part of Travis's question was, if you could watch one Star Wars movie with any character from canon, which one and who would you choose? This one was super easy for me. I know right off the top of my head. I would oh. watch the entire um, the entire prequel tr- trilogy with Luke. I want Luke to understand and see like his mother. I'm like all about Luke and the Padme relationship. I want like some sort of discourse about what Luke thinks about Padme. I think it'd be great too to have Leia watch it as well. Like I was we'll just have about like to a, say like that. A, yeah, I to have them both watch it together. Like in to have okay, so let's take Luke and Leia from Return of the Jedi timeline and let's let them watch the prequels with us, of course. Yeah, I think that would be great. And I yeah. I feel like Leia herself is on a journey similar to what Luke understands in Return of the Jedi about his father. Mm-hmm. And Leia never really had that moment and doesn't really understand um, what everything that Luke went through, which is understandable. And I just – it's almost like, Leia, just watch the prequels. <laughs> You'll get it. <laughs> oh, actually, I want to amend my answer to take it a little further out past Return of the Jedi when Leia is pregnant with Ben – then I want them both to come back and watch it because watch I Leia having that like connection with her mother being pregnant in Revenge of the Sith. Good wow. content there. Wow, that's a good connection. Yep. That would yep. be great. You're <laughs> <laughs> so we have a couple questions from Kyle, and the first one is we all know who you'd invite to your Star Wars dinner party, but what about the after party? AKA who would you want to just party and and hang out with from the Star from Star Wars or um in real life actors in a non fancy dinner situation? 
I love this question. Me too. <laughs> so so good. <laughs> amazing. Why have I never thought of this concept before? Um, except now me, Ryan, and Dave are going to be watching fan vids afterwards. <laughs> um, so that's your answer? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I want to invite um, Jonas. I mm-hmm. can't think of his last name, but playing Chewbacca. I think he would be so much fun at a party. I think he would be too. He'd be the life of the party. He really would be. So I want to I want to bring him. Um, I want to bring – I want to party with John Boyega so much. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're the same age. Like, me and John, I feel like we'd, you know, hang out and have a lot of laughs. It would be great. That's the thing. I want to br- I want to bring John, too. I also want to bring Daisy because I've heard that she's a great bartender. Yeah, she does. She is. She said that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I really just want to hang out with everyone from the – like, the sequel tri- – I want to hang out with Oscar, John, Kelly – Daisy. Oh. I, I want to hang out with all the – and Adam, honestly. Adam, like, sulking in the corner. I, I want to have – I want to go out with the sequel trilogy cast after they finish recording. Recording. Filming. <laughs> I think we should bring the sequel trilogy cast, and then I also think we should bring Hayden Christensen just to, like, make him happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I have this vision of, like, John Boyega being, like – like okay so Hayden and Adam are like in the corner like kind of like I don't know what to do with my hands like what are they doing um like nursing a, a drink and then John Vega is like we're partying and he like does a, like the the fish reel dance like to Hayden and Adam's just standing there like you gotta go like he won't stop until you go and Hayden's like uh <laughs> I, I envision it so clearly do you see it I see it <laughs> I see it. And it's a great <laughs> night. It's a great after party. And that's exactly what would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have Daisy from the bartender like, oi, get out there and dance. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really fun. Uh, great question, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Love it. Um, but then his second question was, do you have any thoughts on what you'd like the title of episode nine to be? Oh, boy. I think we've gotten a few of these questions. Um and I think I am really bad at coming up with Star Wars titles. I can't mm. visualize it. I can't do anything. I think it would be cool if there was something that had to do with balance or hope. Or I've seen a new order kind of thrown around. I kind of like that. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I do know I want it to be three words. Really? Uh, yeah, because I feel like now – now that the other two are three words, I wanted to have like if it wasn't going to follow the pattern of the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, I wanted to like create its own pattern, and so I wanted to stay three words. <laughs> I don't really have a strong opinion about that. I think that would be cool, but I don't. Yeah. I don't really have a strong opinion about the title either. Like I, I want to know it, but I just I can't really conceptualize it. I think the balance of the force would be really cool, but even just saying it aloud, it sounds kind of hokey. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, everything sounds kind of hokey until it's, like, lived in our Star Wars heart for a while. I know. Even The Last Jedi was, like, I don't know if I even like that, but I love it. Oh, so. no. I, I love The Last Jedi immediately upon hearing it. It's so ominous. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I think that was also one of our first episodes was talking about the title of The Last Jedi. Oh, it totally time. was. <laughs> yeah, and you thought you thought it was um, Last Jedi plural, and I thought it was Last Jedi singular, and we had this, like, stupid oh my God, conversation. Oh, my God. Oh, I and it, the truth is, it's kind of, but whatever. It's kind of both. It's, it's kind of, it's singular, singular, but it's like it re- both singular. refers to Luke and Ray. Okay, <laughs> I'm like already exhausted I mean, by that conversation. 
like just having like the flashbacks about the plural versus singular thing wow I haven't thought about that in so long yeah yeah that's when we were still (laughs) recording in my in my closet and we'd been in there already for like 45 minutes and it was like too hot and it was a dumb conversation too so (laughs) it wasn't even good content (laughs) okay so our next question is from Angela she asks how have you got grown as podcasters and what advice would you give to someone starting their own Star Wars podcast? I think I think the the best part of the thing we've grown the best at as podcasters is just kind of the rhythm of podcasting. I know we kind of spoke earlier about how sometimes there are like ebbs and flows about like when episodes come to us, like the ideas and things for them. But like we've got the process down pretty well now as far as like, okay, well, here's where we start. You know, we've got like our nice little Google Doc that we use. And and like <laughs> that process I think is a lot easier. Whereas um, at the start of podcasting, a lot of that a lot of our time was spent on the technical side of things, whereas now technical issues come up, of course, but that's not where the bulk of our time is spent. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think that I've gotten better at editing. And like Caitlin said, I think that we've just really grown into a rhythm. Um, I also think just both Caitlin and I have become like a big part of 2018 for us was kind of growing in our own confidence and our opinions. Um, it's something mm-hmm. that I... I try to do a lot. I've been trying to say I think less and say and or just kind of use the type of language that makes me seem uneasy about what I'm talking about. Um I just kind of want to own that. <laughs> and it it was something yeah. that we really had to learn in 2018 especially with talking about Raylo, um which was something that as you guys know, we were very nervous to talk about and it was a really big learning experience for us about how to navigate that and that kind of changed the podcast a little bit um, and how we kind of approach things. And it was a clear understanding that we have to be 100% honest on the podcast and there's no room for kind of hiding your feelings, I guess. Yeah, I think that's – I like your answer better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because it, it makes so much more sense. Like if I could go back to 2017, Caitlin and Charlotte, who were afraid to talk about fan fiction and tell them like, no – it's okay. Like you can talk about these things. Like own what you like in fandom and be excited about it. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for talking to to start of 2018, Caitlin and Charlotte. Like it's okay to like Raylo. It's okay mm-hmm. to be into this. Whether or not it ends up actually happening or not, um, like it's gonna be okay. Just you you started the podcast to talk about Star Wars, how you want to talk about it. So do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and that was easier said than done. And it was funny how that was part of why we wanted to start Sky Talkers, but then like like something like Raylo came up and suddenly it was like, Oh, well, can we actually talk about this? And the answer is yes, of course, because it's it's our show and it was something that that we were coming into. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that's a good answer. Like just being more confident in our opinions and um not being hesitant to talk about our views on things. Mm -hmm. If I were to give any advice to like an upcoming podcaster, I think that the, there's like a, there's like a, a couple of like combination things that just, I think have like turned the page for us. I think consistency is like a major thing. I think you should always choose a day to upload and kind of hold yourself to that or else it just, you get kind of lost in time. Um, And, Two, I think that you should really kind of prioritize 
um, quality audio and learn how to edit audio. And there's so many free programs like Audacity to help you learn. And it makes just a huge difference. And um, once you can figure that out, it, it, I don't know, I feel like it changes a lot of things about your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you need to be realistic about what you're setting out to do because while podcasting isn't the most expensive hobby you can have, it's certainly not free. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and depending on like the type of show you want and the goals you set out for your show, you're going to be investing a different amount into it. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like like Charlotte said, like having as best audio quality as you can, um, that's going to make your show sound different than other shows um, and whether or not not that you have to go out and buy a $500 mic, but no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, my mic is like $45. Like it's, it doesn't have to be a huge investment, but it, you know, it's not me using like my headphone microphones either. So it's like, but if like, it, again, it depends on like what your goals are for your show and, and what you're trying to do. Um, or maybe you're like testing out podcasting for a little bit and then you're going to, you know, buy a nicer mic further down the line, like whatever it is. I think just being realistic about what you want to do and how you're going to do it um, and the investment that you do have to make big or small at the start of that. Mm-hmm, definitely. It's it's an undertaking. And it is. learning the most that you can out of it is um, before you start is a really good – I think it took me like – I, I was we were researching like podcasting and watching tutorials and stuff like back in we started the podcast obviously January tenth, um, twenty seventeen, but we had been planning it from like November. It was mm-hmm. it was a major goal of ours, and yeah. it was it, it took a long time to get the mics and like ask for the right equipment and um, just kind of figure out how to do it. It's you can't just wake up and know how to do all of this, but it's really easy to learn. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but it does take time. But yeah, yeah, it's it's easily learnable and there's a lot of content out there um, to, to help, help you. you and a lot of people too that will help you like us. So For sure. Yes. Um, so our next question is from the Dorky Diva Show, Savannah. Shout out Savannah. We love you guys. Um, Savannah and Brian show. Um, I have – she writes, I have two questions. Number one, what do you think is the best part of being in the Star Wars fandom? Um, the best part about being in the Star Wars fandom are the like-minded fans and the conversations that you have. Without question, that's the best part of the fandom for me. Mm-hmm. But I'd also say that there's no intellectual property like Star Wars, and it is just so deep. And that's the best part about being a Star Wars fan as well, is the fact that you can have such deep conversations with the fans and yeah. everyone around you. And everyone will have a different opinion about them. It's just so great. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. There really is nothing else like Star Wars out there right now. Um, so, And there probably won't be until like the next George Lucas comes along. And hopefully I'll be dead so that I don't have to be obsessed with that too. Um, <laughs> and I can only focus on Star Wars <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, and of course, like we said earlier, like just getting to know people like genuinely. Like Savannah, we met her online um, and now she's – like a real friend. <laughs> yeah, like a great friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like that sounds crazy to say. Um, and two years ago, I, I wouldn't have believed that. But now like I have Savannah's number and she sent me like a lovely birthday present and it's just like it's She's so the nice. best. Yeah. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just – yeah, it, it, I really love that that aspect of fandom. 
Um, and then her second question was, similar to your Star Wars dinner, I'd like to know three Star Wars people, either characters or IRL people, that you'd like to go on a shopping spree with. Okay. For me, it is Amelyn Haldo. Ooh. <laughs> Padme. Hmm. And BB-8. <laughs> is BB-8 going to drag your bags around? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> BB-8 was also, be, I feel like, really, you know, just like a good buddy to go shopping with. Yeah, he would be. Okay, I'm going to – I'm also going to bring Padme. I think she would be great to bring. Uh, I'm going to bring – I kind of – I kind of want to bring C-3PO because I would make him carry my bags. <laughs> I was going to say C-3PO too, but it felt a little cruel. <laughs> and you would just be like, oh my, another store. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wait for it. And then, okay, so pad me, 3PO. And then I'm also, I'm also going to bring Hux with me. Oh my God. <laughs> I, think, I think he would just be so brutally honest about what worked and what didn't work for you. <laughs> That I think we could really have – like, it would be a good time, but it would also be productive time. Like, I would get good stuff. Amazing. Right? Truly amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go shopping with our entire crew that we just decided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be great. Oh, Amelyn would be fun. But, like, Amelyn and Hux shopping together. Like, this <laughs> Just envision Amelyn and Hux in line at an Auntie Annie's in a mall food court. Just sit with it for a minute. That's so funny. I love that vision. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Savannah, for your question. Okay. So our next question is from Rebecca. All right, ladies, here's a silly question. I have a family member who works at a preschool with kids and just so happens that one little boy in her class was named Anakin. It blew me away when she mentioned it to me. Would either of you ever name your future children after a Star Wars character? And if so, who? So I think if I were to name my kid after a Star Wars character, I th it would have to be one that I had a pretty strong attachment to, which honestly would probably be Luke or Ben. They're like my all-time favorite. Um, and those are pretty like average names. So it wouldn't be super obvious that it was a Star Wars name, honestly. Yeah, I feel the same way, even with those names. The only – I'm not going to say never and I'm not going to say no because I, I don't really know what my mindset will be. Um, it feels really far away in my opinion. But I I feel like I could see myself naming someone with a middle name as Ray, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to say no. But yeah. I'm I'm with Caitlin on the Luke and Ben thing. I could totally see myself doing something like that. But it yeah. could be it could go Star Wars or it could go biblical. Like you just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it Star Wars or is it biblical? That's or the is question. it both? <laughs> yeah, I think the yeah I think it would it would have to depend on my husband. And again, like I would only ever make it explicitly. Like, the reason I was doing it as a Star Wars name would have to be for a pretty strong attachment to the character. Mm -hmm. And at this point, like, if I had a child now, th those attachments would be to Luke or Ben. And, and those are – is it biblical or is it Star Wars? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just – I never see never about these kind of things. Like, I just don't know. Right? That's – yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll also say that. Never say never. Because who knows what else – like, what? who's coming in Ryan Johnson's trilogy? Yeah. 
Also, my middle mm-hmm. name is Rose. Like, if I named a child yeah. Rose, would I be naming it after Kelly Marie Tran's character or my own middle name or my great grandmother? Like, what? <laughs> you know, or a flower, or just a flower. Yes, Who knows? correct. All of yeah. the above. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's just there's a, there's a lot of room for there's to be Star Wars homage. Mm-hmm. All right, and so our next question was from Lauren. And she writes, hi, Caitlin and Charlotte. Congrats on two years. With the episode nine title announcement being around the corner and it being discussed frequently online, what are your predictions versus your dream titles to tie up the Skywalker saga? It can be silly and fun, as I know this question is a bit of a thinker. You're right, Lauren. It is a bit of a thinker. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I know. Okay, what about silly? Because we've already kind of talked about how we can't do serious. But what about silly? Silly... (laughs) <laughs> Imagine it being called <laughs> They're Charlie, Not Alone. <laughs> Whoa, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then instead of a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it just said, neither are you, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, there's been a lot going around Twitter, I think, in the past day about, like, oh, the titles in The Last Jedi. Um what what could it possibly be? And people are saying such funny things. And that's yeah. for some reason, honestly, the first thing that came to my mind. Um, I still, I want it to reference some sort of balance. I I think that that's mm-hmm. like kind of important to me, even though I I just don't know. I really don't. What if it was just called like the Raylo story? And then <laughs> the, and then <laughs> I'm thinking about a Raylo episode where I said that there was going to be a baby shower or something like that was my my crazy wish and then like instead of the crawl it's just like the details of the baby shower invitation like we'll take place on crate at four o'clock here's where they're (laughs) here's where they're registered oh my god (laughs) i what if it's just called raylo is canon The internet, the internet would collapse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would be good. Okay, so let's move on to questions from email and Twitter. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, so for our first email from, um, I almost said our first email from Twitter. That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) The first question from our email is uh, from Lindsay Marie, and she actually sent this in relation to our Raylo episode, um, but we didn't get it in time, so we weren't able to answer it in our Raylo episode, so we're going to answer it now, actually. But she writes, hi, Charlotte and Caitlin. I wanted to know more about your thoughts on the golden dice force bond scene at the end of The Last Jedi. Watching The Last Jedi for the first time, this scene was so raw and emotional to me, and I can't even tell you how shocked I was that in conversation, podcasts, video essays, etc. about the movie throughout the last year, that moment always seemed to get upstaged by other things. It impacted me so much, but no one ever seems to dive deep into it, even though this scene is so rich. We are seeing the evidence of Leia changing her mind about Ben's fate after her conversation with Luke. We are seeing the betrayal on both Rey and Ben's faces as they see each other for the first time after the throne room. We're seeing regret and disappointment and sadness and hope and fondness and determination. It is so nuanced. And then we see Ben holding this reminder of his father and where he came from, as well as the reminder for the audience of the hope that his mother has for him. And when the camera finally shows Ben's face, he looks like a broken man and the dice slip through his fingers, just like Rey just like everything else that's truly important to him. I wanted to share this because this was the moment I was sold on Raylo. Through both sequel trilogy movies, I was unsure until Ben watched those dice fade away. 
To me, Ben finally looks like the seed of change has been planted in the moments after Ray closes the door. Ray will bring Ben back because he will choose her over selfishness and greed. I would love to know more about your insights into the scene. What was your interpretation of the golden dice? Thank you so much for that email. So great. Totally agree with everything you Mm -hmm. said. I think that the dice are so important and often overlooked because I think that fandom often kind of looks at them as like a joke almost because they have been kind of, and for lack of a better term, kind of shoehorned into the Disney era as like an object of remembrance and an object of importance. And I think that in that moment, though, they couldn't be more important and everything that Disney had really tried hard to set up for us um, has like a huge payoff. Um, What do you think about it, Caitlin? Yeah, I really liked your email, Lindsay, because I hadn't, like, I hadn't read that. I mean, obviously, I read a lot into, like, the moment of the dice when they disappear, but I hadn't really taken it all the way back to really thinking about it, like, when Leia is holding them as well. And then, um, like, when Luke brings them to her, I think there's something really significant about the fact that Luke kind of, like, gives them back to her. Um, And then, of course, the fact that they're not really there. I loved how you said that, Lindsay, that, like, the dice slipped through Ben's fingers just, like, Ray did. And it Mm -hmm. is this – like, it's this greater metaphor for the fact that, like, his family is what he needs, but right now he's not there yet. Like, he can't accept that. Um, But they – the dice are really interesting because, like you said, Charlotte, they were kind of shoehorned in. Like, I think I remember watching The Force Awakens and being like, am I supposed to know what these are? (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, The Last Jedi, like, should I have this, like, great attachment to these things? Um, Because I don't, but I guess now I do. (laughs) Yeah, and then Solo has them pretty pretty hard in there, and they they are, like, a a symbol of good luck and love, Um, even – at, when Kira puts them back into Han's hands, um, they the, like the the Star Wars theme plays such a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. feel like, um, Caitlin, you just said that if the the dice are a metaphor for like all the, if the dice are a metaphor for like in that moment, Kylo Ren is sitting on his knees, um, and the dice disappear in his hand and if the di- the dice are a metaphor for like his past wrongdoings or even just Han I think that in that moment Kylo is completely confronted by everything that he's done to push things way too far I often think of Kylo Ren as someone who has pushed everything too far he pushed Ray too far he pushed Han really too far he, he pushed himself too far in that moment and he, he needs to operate on some sort of restraint and in that moment he when the dice disappear it's this realization for him and he's fully confronted it's not that he hadn't realized this before but he is fully confronted with his sins with his actions with everything that he had done to push everyone around him away and um they they are so important because we've completely <laughs> now understand that the dice equal han right they equal mm-hmm. family they equal love yeah i think it's um it's something I haven't quite come to terms with or really decided how I feel about it 100%. I don't think I'll be able to until we see episode nine. But the fact that Leia at the end of The Last Jedi does kind of lose hope for Ben, I don't know if I think she's completely gained it back yet by the end of the film, even though she tells Ray we have everything that we need. I don't know if that means – I don't know if I think that means she's regained hope yet mm-hmm. for Ben. Mm-hmm. Um so I think like also kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, Charlotte, is that like you said, it's like that moment when 
everything that was kind of this last stand of hope in Ben's life with Ray and with his mother, with the dice representing his family, like all of those, those have vanished now um, because Ray is not talking to him right now. Leia has lost hope in him as well. His father isn't around. And like you said, it's like Kylo has wrought all of that like to happen around him. So mm-hmm. now he truly is on his own. Um, and that kind of segues into like how we think episode nine will go is that like it is a personal choice. Like Kylo has to make that choice for himself to refute the dark side. Um, and it's not going to be because like Ray says she won't love him if he doesn't. And it's not going to be because Leia says she won't love him if he doesn't or like any any of those reasons. Like it has to be a personal choice. And now he really is like completely and totally isolated from those like people who at one point did outstretch their hand to him um, mm-hmm. and he refuted them and now he's alone. Yeah, literally outstretched the hands. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> it's a good yeah. question, Lindsay. I don't know if we answered it well um, or even completely. Uh, I think we'll have to revisit it after episode nine. Well, maybe we will. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on the golden dice. You know it that we love the a good f- theme. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time we've done something super specific. <laughs> I would, would actually that be love the to do most that. specific. Yeah. Now, now we're both like, oh, okay. Let's go type up the Google Doc. <laughs> would that no, be the, the most hand, specific? I think the hands are definitely the most specific episode we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, but the hands are like we've got a lot of different examples, whereas the dice is just like this one item. True. Like even with our lightsabers and color theory, like we were talking about a lot of different lightsabers, and with like hands are language, we're talking about a lot of different hands. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. all right anyway well <laughs> this is how it happens guys <laughs> anyway okay so now we're going to move into twitter questions so our first question from twitter is from james if the maker answers our prayers and ryan's trilogy is, was about mortis who would you cast as the three leads and how do you think mainstream audiences would handle such high concept star wars also massive congratulations on two years Thank you, James. Um, also, James, like, don't even play about the idea of Ryan Johnson doing a Mortis trilogy. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I think I was thinking about your question, and I realized I wasn't sure who I would want to be cast. But I did kind of think it would be interesting if it was – if it became, like – I almost feel like it needs to be, like, an animated film. Like, a really high budget, like – almost like Miyazaki Studio Ghibli style like because those those films do like play a lot with like mythology um, and symbolism and stuff like that and I think that would be a great place to have Mortis um, Mm. because I think there would be so much you could do visually with all of the Mortis gods I think would be really interesting Um, so I think I think mainstream audiences it would be I think it'd be one of those things that would like grow in appreciation over time if it was like something really stylistic um, and animated. Have you seen, and Becca had a question that we're going to get to um, later, but have you seen the like dream casting, kind of cool casting of um, Carrie Russell as daughter, um, Richard E. Grant as uh, father, and... um, uh, the old Doctor Who guy. What's his name? Uh, Matt Smith. N- yes, David Matt Tennant. Smith. Uh, Matt Smith as the son, who are all cast in Episode Nine. I thought that was like the coolest casting ever. Yeah, that I really like Matt Smith for that role. I I like I want Sam Witwer to do it. Either way, animated or live action. 
Mm. He'd be so good. Yeah. Would you hate it if that was what those three's roles kind of turned out to be in episode nine? I don't think it's likely, but what, what would you think? I don't think it's likely, um, but I won't. I won't say no to. I mean, if you're telling me that you can get Carrie <laughs> Russell to play daughter on the big screen in episode nine, I don't care who it is. Like I'm a hundred percent for that. Oh my um, god. Just like the idea of uh, like after Solo, you know, that like most – like some people's first trip into animation were going to be the Dathomir episodes. <laughs> like, that, that just – that just like warms me from the inside out, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then that some people would go and watch the Mortis trilogy from the Clone Wars. They, would, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> In terms of high concept Star Wars, I think that's why stuff like Mortis and – I don't know, the world between worlds and everything has kind of completely thrived in animation, like Caitlin said, like Miyazaki style, is it's just because it is a little bit, it's just off the wall and less people will see it. And um, I I think that mainstream audiences might respond to it really well, um, but I don't know until we try. I Maybe they'll be like, wow, this is not my Star Wars, but people who watch the animated shows would be like, well, the future of Star Wars is in the animation department. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I yeah, would love I, that. I would love I, it. Yeah. I, I would really want it to be – I think it would be amazing to have it like really high concept, stylistic, kind of out there, but like on a big scale in animation I think would be – there would be so much you could do. I think it would be mm-hmm. really fun. Totally. Uh, Thanks for the question, James. Um, So our next question is from Kate, and she asks, you have the chance to pitch an anthology film or Star Wars TV series to Kathleen Kennedy. It can be literally anything you want. What's your 30-second pitch? Unfortunately, what I really want is a show that continues the end of Solo. And I know this is such a basic answer, but I need to see what happens when Kira gets to Dathomir. I need it. I really need it. And my 30-second pitch is that Solo would have worked better as a television series. So let's just continue the Solo plot lines in a television series. I think that's a really good pitch because I, too, want to see what happens when Kira gets to Dathomir. But I don't really care about – like, this sounds bad, but I don't really care what Han's doing. I just want to see what Kira's doing on Dathomir. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see Dathomir in live action. Yeah. Also, we'd get, like, Ray Park back. Everything. It would be so great. I just uh, – that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, mine, of course, no one's surprised. I just want like a documentary series through the like Jedi archives mm. and the Lost 20. <laughs> 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 I just – yeah, that's what I want. A docuseries like hosted by Jocasta New. <laughs> Good. No one is surprised, Caitlin. You're right. Actually, no. I don't want to host it by Chikasanu because it'd come off like a little braggy and just like a little know-it-all. So I'd rather – I'd rather like – oh, my God. I want Kit Fisto to host it. Hunky <laughs> Kit Fisto. Fisto and Kayati Mundi to host it together. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I want the um, – oh, I can't think of their names. Uh, the the announcers from the pod race in The Phantom Menace. Um, mm-hmm. You want them to host awesome. it? I want – them to host it oh my god <laughs> okay i'm just like Great. wandering through the jedi halls only you are watching the show <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be 
be something that would like appear on like Tumblr like months after it premiered. It'd be something like akin to Barbie Life in the Dream House, where it just has like an underground <laughs> fan base. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Suara asks his favorite question ever: What are each of your favorite cetaceans? My favorite cetacean is a humpback whale. My favorite is probably I really like the whale sharks. <laughs> you would. <laughs> They're so giant. It's so loving. <laughs> Thanks, Swara, for your question. Thank you, Thank you Swara. Um, our next question is from Shannon McCarter, and she asks, Congratulations. I have a super serious question about episode nine. Redeemed Ben Solo in braids, yay or nay? Yay. We need yay. those Alderandian braids. And we you know – it happened. That's how his hair gets. So- By the way, guys, I haven't exposed this on the air, but I had this realization like the other day when I was watching the Golden Globes that I think Adam and I have the same hair type. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Charlotte, your hair is not as shiny as his. <laughs> yes, it is. Caitlin, my hair is so shiny. And also the I fact that you. he had had to keep his hair in braids to continue like the waviness. Um under like everything about it is like that's me that's how it works for my hair i feel like we have the same hair type wow when do you ever wear your hair in braids sometimes usually when i go to the pool i'm not even 100 percent sure you know how to braid your hair you know what (laughs) that's that's for me (laughs) no because i'm pretty sure you've asked me to braid your hair exactly when we've been going to the pool caitlin (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, thank you, Shannon. 100% for braids. Uh, about 20% if Adam and Charlotte have the same hair type. The, the, the real thing, the real answer to the question is that I really hope that um, we see some sort of, like, Ben Solo, like, somehow mm-hmm. appropriating his, like, Alderanian culture. Like, I think that would be really cool. <sighs> and braids really are a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Claudia Gray did a great job kind of spelling that out in Leia Princess of Alderaan book so be really good ah oh, man I forgot how great that book is and like so the whole good. like culture and history of Alderaan that we got to see there I want my docuseries to also happen pre A New Hope so that we can also go to Alderaan yes frequent visits to Alderaan frequent visits to Alderaan and there Kit Fisto will host in Alderaan he'll be like a special host <laughs> yes Um, and then Nettie or or, I'm sorry our next question is from Evan Harris who writes congrats on the anniversary I have an episode 9 question at what point in the film do you see Ben and Ray dueling would you be upset if it happens at the very end (sighs) I don't think it's going to happen at the very end I think it'll happen at the middle I think it's going to happen maybe at 77 minutes you never know (laughs) But I, I just because the throne room happened at basically in the middle of the movie um, or like in the second and a half act of um, The Last Jedi, I don't see it happening all the way at the end of the movie, but it totally could. And would I be disappointed? I think it just depends on how they do it. Um, I think that yeah. it will be their duel. Their, you know, The Force Awakens' duel was all about like brute strength, right? Um, mm hmm. The duel in The Last Jedi, no duel, but joining up together um, and fighting was about how the force is perfectly balanced when they are fighting back to back together. And they're 
confrontation in episode nine will most likely be extremely emotional because of everything that they have established in the past. So um, I I feel like it has to happen in like the second act or maybe even in the first. I don't know. Um, will I be disappointed if it happens in the end? Probably. I don't know. I don't know. yeah i don't think i want it to happen in the end i'm still i don't know if i actually think there'll be like a full-on duel in episode nine i think if anything it's very short-lived because like you said charlotte it'll be very emotional but i'm not convinced that they'll actually be one between kylo and ray in the way that i think a lot of people maybe are expecting Mm -hmm. um yeah, I am selfish in that I want it to happen early on so we get like a lot of movie of like Ben Solo. <laughs> yeah. Um as opposed to Kylo Ren. I don't think it'll happen like that. I would want it to happen more in the middle, like you said, Charlotte, or like at the start of the third act or like right at the end of the second act. Um so that we do have a little bit of time. Um because I realize that the first part of the movie they are going to be like separated. Um, and Ben's going to have to be doing some, like, emotional soul searching <laughs> <laughs> yep. about, like, his life choices and how poor they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think – I think I would be upset if it happens at the end. I think, yeah, like what you said, Charlotte. Um, but, again, I'm not 100% if it will actually be a duel because, that, like, that's the point, right? It's, like, the point is to stop fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, because the duel that we saw at the end of Revenge of the Sith, like that didn't go that that's not like that movie ended on a happy ending. <laughs> right. And then it was like Luke putting down his weapon in Return of the Jedi that changed the tide. So I think we'll see something similar in episode nine. And I hope it happens earlier in the movie rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nettie asks, which Star Wars characters do each of you find yourself identifying with the most? We've answered this question before, and I always think it's a really good question, but I always have the same answer, and it's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, Luke Skywalker on Tatooine in A New Hope will forever be – like, that was my gateway drug really into Star Wars, and it's, like, the moment I identify most. Like, I feel the emotion of what he's feeling in that moment. Yeah, I've always identified with Padme. I see something in myself in her, and I feel like my choice – a lot of my choices have been, like, guided by that character, which is, like, really weird. But – I also, as I've gotten older, I see a lot of myself in Leia as well, especially like her kind of quick to anger and, um, but her like extreme focus on certain subjects. I think um, I've always uh, kind of, I I feel like I identify with in my adult life now. Um, And I can look Uh back at my childhood and be like, you were probably more of a Leia than a Padme, even though you wanted to be a Padme. (laughs) So um yeah <laughs> we all want to be padme's um, yeah aside from the like horrible dying. yeah <laughs> <laughs> except for dying um yeah i think i don't think i'm quite there yet like with luke's journey but i can definitely see a lot of myself in him and like how he responds to like failure and like kind of living in that failure i feel like i relate to that a lot of just kind of beating yourself up um more so than you need to about things that have happened and kind of like not letting yourself move past it um i can definitely see that in myself a lot um but then also like having that hopefulness as well um and just that like longing i don't know that that that's what i've always found really appealing about luke's character in a new hope is that 
like longing that he feels. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be interesting to like revisit this question again in like another 10 years. So our next question is from Jim from a Star Wars comic, one of our other good friends. Um, And he asks, you two speak elegantly about the overarching themes of Star Wars, but do you think each trilogy has its own micro theme? If so, what do you think each theme is or what the sequel trilogies will ultimately be and which one speaks the most to you? Also, please answer how cool you think I am on a scale of, wow, so cool to the coolest man to ever live. Thank you. (laughs) Jim. Jim, I've told myself I can't lie on this podcast anymore, so unfortunately I can't answer your second question, but uh, we'll tackle the first one. (laughs) Okay, so I think to your question, I think this needs like a lot more thinking than I've actually prepared for this question, but I I think that yes, each trilogy has a micro theme. I think that's the point of telling a story in in three acts and the acts being the films. Um, I think... If anything, the prequel trilogy shows a demise of a man and um, the original trilogy shows how your choices don't define you um, and you can always come back to the light. The sequel trilogy is, I think, yet to be said, but um, I I think that each trilogy does have a micro theme. What about you, Caitlin? Yeah, I think the trilogies do have micro themes. It's weird thinking about it in context of the sequel trilogy because for us, like the themes that we talk them and Jim said it, he's like the the themes that we talk the most about are like the nine part themes and how like it all does tie back to what the sequel trilogy is doing. Um, so like right now, it feels like the sequel trilogy is like really built on the trilogies that came before it because it is, um, but. I don't think about the micro theme of the sequel trilogy by itself probably as much as I should um, because like the only way I can speculate into the end of the trilogy is looking back on the previous two, which then means I'm looking at like these larger overarching story themes. Um, So I think, I think we'll have to (laughs) revisit your question uh, in on our 20, uh, 2020 uh, <laughs> anniversary episode, Jim. Yes, definitely. It's a great question, though, and one that I it would is. really like to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So our next question comes from Jacuber Blinn, or on Twitter, bisexual dis- disaster, Kyla Ren. What is your favorite theory that has now been proven wrong? It can be your favorite because you find it silly or fun or because you actually wanted it to happen. This one's super easy for me. Charlotte I- knows exactly which one... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I know exactly which one it is. It is Ezra being DJ. I loved this theory. Yes. I I never liked this theory, but... (laughs) I thought it was just so fun and funny. Like, (laughs) I never, like, took it, like, 100% seriously, even though, like, there was, like, a... a, Like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be crazy if that happened? Because that's why it's fun. Um, But I loved it. I know exactly what Caitlin's is. Oh, yeah. Ray Kenobi, 100%. Oh, my God. You're going to say Ray Kenobi? I'm surprised that you said that. I thought you were going to say Niku being the first order spy. (laughs) That has yet to be disproven. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) That's not a theory. That's basically fact. (laughs) In this essay, I will. (laughs) Ray Kenobi for you was a thing. But it's like Uh you look back on it and you're like – you know what? I had some good ideas. 
I did. <laughs> I did. The thing is, is a lot of people made fun of me for the Kenobi theory, and they're like, it's stupid, Caitlin. It's not going to happen, Caitlin. Um, even though I said many times in the podcast, I was like, I don't think they're going to do Ray Kenobi. I think they're going to do Ray Nobody. But in this essay, I will explain to you why Ray Kenobi would be a hella great idea. <laughs> and I still think it's really great. And everyone was like, that's the hill you're going to die on. And I was like, that's the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> and I still think Ray Kenobi was a great theory. And I loved all of the like parallels and like tie-ins to the prequel trilogy that it would have provided us with RIP Ray Kenobi theory. You know what? I agree with you. It was good to discuss it in detail. It was. It was. And, and there's a lot in the fact that you liked Ray Kenobi that kind of plays into our love of Raylo. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why you really liked Ray Kenobi, and I don't want to speak for you, was the fact that it kind of created a, a different kind of balance between these two legacy characters. Like it would be um it would be these you know, these two, like, in the past, these two characters had, like, such an amazing link. And now they're kind of just as lost as they were before. I don't know. It's, like, it, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun to speculate it with. It was good. It was. I liked how it was um, because, like, Ben Kenobi, the, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he had been tracking with both Anakin and Luke this this whole time. And, you know, the, the balance wasn't 100% found yet. And the fact, too, that he started his story with Anakin and, like, the, it's kind of it kind of went back to that line that we eventually saw in The Last Jedi of, like, it was a Jedi master who trained and created Darth Vader, um, which Luke is referring to Obi-Wan Kenobi. So then if Rey had been a Kenobi, it would have been like, okay, yeah, that's true. But then we also have this line is also finishing, like, is finishing the story, like has mm-hmm. ended, has helped bring balance to the force once and for all for the Skywalkers. I think it would have been hopelessly complex. I don't know if they would have ever been able to like adequately explain it in film, um, but I still love it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And uh, Niku being the First Order spy is not a theory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next question is from Chell or Destiny's Fick. Um, Kiss, Mary, kill. Anakin, Luke, or Kylo slash Ben. You go first. This one's easy for me. I don't know if it's going to be easy. I feel like it's easy for both of us, um, actually. So I'm going to kiss Kylo. I'm going to marry Luke. I'm going to kill Anakin. Ooh, rough. Okay. I'm going to kiss Anakin, marry Ben, kill Luke. Wait, you're not going to marry Anakin? No. I knew I, I knew marry you were Ben. Gonna, I knew you were going to kill Luke. I knew you were going to kill Luke. Um. <laughs> I thought you would have. Way too vanilla for me. (laughs) Wait, who's vanilla for you? Luke. (laughs) I just feel like we don't know that side of him. (laughs) All right. Sure. (laughs) It would just be like. The thing is, like, that's the thing about Ben, right? It's like. In, in fiction, he's really fun to, like, speculate as this, like, Byronic hero, hero. But in real life, like, for the mundane day-to-day, he would just be too angsty. <laughs> would he be? Or would yeah, I be no, angsty with him? <laughs> no, you would get so tired of it very quickly. I don't care about real life, Caitlin. <laughs> I just want to... Okay. Yeah, I just want to marry Ben Solo, redeem Ben Solo, okay? <laughs> you just, you just want to have, like... Night times where you're curled up together, like rereading Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> With like, you're drinking wine, but Ben, of course, is drinking tea. 
Only tea. <laughs> Only tea. Black tea. Yep. <laughs> or no, 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 no. He's drinking Earl Grey. <laughs> I love him. Anyway, yeah. our next question is from Becca, and she asked a question about the Mortis Gods, but we have already covered that. So her next question was, how do you take your coffee or tea? I like to drink both, actually. It just kind of depends on my mood. I drink coffee in the morning. If I'm at home, it's just like – it's so basic. It's coffee with vanilla creamer and a little bit of sugar. Um, I do like a good vanilla latte when I'm out, though. Yeah. I'm a vanilla latte person. At Starbucks, I like the black tea lemonades unsweetened. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at home, I'll drink coffee with – I have this new creamer that I really like that I got on sale at Whole Foods that's almond and coconut milk blended together. It's really Ooh, good. That yeah. is good. Yeah. So pretty I basic. like tea a lot too. Um, I really like peppermint tea. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a fan of peppermint tea. But I like tea That's as okay. well. Yeah. I like I like anything. I'm the least picky person, guys, about food and drink. So, except for the fact that she doesn't drink anything fizzy. Yeah, I hate that. But Charlotte's <laughs> like, I'm so easygoing. Slash, I literally despise this. That's like the one thing. Like really, truly, the one thing it that really, like it really it will is. always it really be is. my stickler. It's funny, on New Year's, uh, this happens every year, we have champagne on New Year's, and Charlotte's like, I'm ready for the champagne, and then two minutes later, it's too bubbly. <laughs> it's just a little too much. <laughs> a little too bubbly for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so our next question is from Sid, and she asks, what creatures from Star Wars would you want as a pet if space, money, resources, etc. weren't an issue? Um... Uh... I think I want an, uh, so a pork. Yeah, I think I want a pork. You want a pork? No, they'd get into everything. You know, the truth is I really just want a droid. I don't know if I want a pet. I want a droid. I want a droid buddy. I want like a, my own chopper who will like hold <gasps> my hand when I'm sick. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, that's kind of what I was thinking with this question too. But I mean, obviously I want a loth cat. Right. Obviously. Clearly. Yeah. I would take a lot of cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I really want because they're, they'd be like self sufficient. I'm allergic to cats though. So hopefully I wouldn't be allergic to a lot cat. Not a Lothal. <laughs> <laughs> Allergies don't exist. Wait, do I have to live on Lothal? Can't I bring the cat here? You can bring the cat here. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. So our next question is from Michelle. Question. You both seem to agree on most Star Wars things. Throughout your friendship, what Star Wars opinion, issue, or thing have you most vehemently disagreed on? Have you ever gotten to a heated discussion? This is funny because we got this question last year as well, and our answer was really boring in no, not really. <laughs> I can't even think of a time that we've really disagreed, and if it happened, it's happened on the show, and you guys have heard it. Yeah, I think... I think what we disagree on right now is... Like Nico? you are, <laughs> Nico, no, is um, is the fact that Caitlin is pretty like um, she's fully expecting the episode nine marketing to be like extremely like anti Kylo and like will paint him in a really like bad light. And I'm a little apprehensive about that. That's really the only thing that we really disagree on right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even like a legit disagreement. No. I I think I've like prepared myself for the discourse around the episode nine speculation once the trailers are released to be like, 
I feel like it's going to be like all the discourse now. Like, oh, well, Ray and Kyla are separated at the end of episode eight. Looks like that's where they're staying for the next 90 to 120 minutes. Like, no, that's not how movies work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I feel like that's going to be what's going to happen with the like with the trailers too. like, oh, looks like Kylo's evil in the trailer. That's how he's going to stay for forever. Yeah, I'm just not sure about that because of the Last Jedi's trailers, the the main trailer that really did tell everything. That's possible. true. That's true. But that, under that wasn't the guise the- of this is not going to go the way you think. Yeah, I remember everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna like everything is a misdirection," and then none of it was a misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was like the buzzword misdirection. Um, yeah, I can't – I mean, we we disagreed on Ray Kenobi, but it wasn't really a disagreement. It was just that I really liked the theory and you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the maker every day that we ended up both agreeing on Raylo. <laughs> 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 um, and, like, pretty much everything else. It's, it's strange because the things that, like, we both feel really passionately about in Star Wars that perhaps the other doesn't. It's not like for a lack of caring. It's just like, oh, that's not where my interest is. Like, like Anakin and Padme, that was always your thing growing up. And it's not that mm-hmm. I didn't like them. It's just that they weren't my favorite part of Star Wars. But we still talked about it. And you yeah. still wrote Anakin and Padme fan fiction. And I still edited it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. and Caitlin and I have never really gotten into a heated argument over Star Wars. Like, ever. Yeah. Actually, so, well, that's a, except for when I lost my badge for like the fourth time at Celebration. That's not even Star Wars. <laughs> that just happened I mean, to be like, in a Star Wars location. Yeah, it just happened to be at <laughs> the Star Wars convention. But that was probably like the last big fight we got into. <laughs> yeah, and that was just like pure exhaustion. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, but sorry, I wish we had a thing though that we could be like, oh, yes, this, this thing. <laughs> but we don't. This. <laughs> Charlotte is so wrong Um, because it's kind of a boring answer, uh, but we don't really. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Our next question is from Sarah, and she asks, has the notion of balance in the sequel trilogy affected you in any way? Has it altered your perception of yourself and others, your behavior, or how you navigate your world, for example? This is such a big question to me because the answer is, of course, yes, because I've spent so long thinking about this that I'm sure it's reflected in my actions. And often, this is kind of weird, but if you have to practice what you preach in terms of like, okay, well, someone said something bad, like how can I forgive them in a way that I would think of forgiveness in a Star Wars term? Um I feel like I I carry these messages with me in how I act every day because Star Wars is so intertwined with my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree because one of the things that was really – what I really loved about The Last Jedi in particular was – that moment with Ray in the cave. And and I, I think it's it's either from the commentary or from some interview with Ryan Johnson that gets a lot of airplay. But he's like, oh, you think like she thought that the answer was gonna be down there, but now she has to stand on her own. Mm-hmm. Um and there's something just like really um like impactful about that. I feel like especially at like this juncture in my life of like, oh now I've like finished school, I'm getting a job, like, oh okay, like I've got to 
pay for my own insurance now. <laughs> like, um, But also just like being responsible for yourself and also like with Ray and Kylo's journeys together, like accepting yourself and mm-hmm. like what that actually looks like. Um, because I feel like we so much grow up with this mentality of like you have to banish the bad parts of who you are. And that's just like a really exhausting way to live <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because you can't do that because um, they're always going to be a part of you. And that was, I mean, that was kind of the folly of the Jedi too, to a certain extent. And so I think, and that's where we think that the sequel trilogy is going, is kind of acknowledging that you have both within you and you need to acknowledge both parts of yourself in order to like love yourself and 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 like function well in the world and not be like weighed down by both your past, things you've done wrong, um, or just by the parts of yourself that you aren't as proud of. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. It's really important. And it's in a lot of ways, the reason why I look at the sequel trilogy as such a modern piece of filmmaking in that it really takes and expands upon those themes that I guess were brought up in the original six Star Wars films and are now really like almost exploited in the sequel trilogy to the point where you think about your choices and your actions often um, in conjunction with Star mm-hmm. Wars. Yeah, it's like everything from the the original six, like the all those themes are just like condensed and saturated mm-hmm. in the sequel trilogy. Yes, definitely. Um, that was a great question. Thank you, Sarah. Um, our next question is from Ben sixty nine solo. What's one theory for episode nine or headcanon that you two disagree on the most? Congrats on two years of wonderful episodes. Um. um Again, we don't really have one. Uh, the only one I can really think of is the Stormtrooper Uprising. Charlotte's really keen on that theory. I'm not – Super keen not on I'm, it. Yeah, it's not that I'm not – I don't know. It's not that I don't like the theory. I just don't think there's going to be the time for that to really play out. I could be really wrong. Um, I'm I'm definitely much more in the camp of your Huxville Sage Aku theory. Um, oh, that's I happening. I definitely think that's – <laughs> yeah, that is how ha- you know what Hux is gonna stage a coup. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm just worried about there being time for the stormtrooper uprising, but like I don't know. Even now, just talking about, it, I'm like, that's super easy. Finn just like breaks in, and then you know, out they go. Yeah. <laughs> so even, I don't know. I guess that that's not something I need in episode nine. I guess is a better way to phrase it. Um, I really want the Hux staging a coup. I don't really need the Stormtrooper uprising. Um, I need it. Yeah. And I need it because I think it would completely round out Finn's character and it would take what he learned in The Last Jedi and caring about a cause and having him embrace this part of his past, which is a major theme in the Seagull trilogy. I need it really badly. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it'll be on such a grand scale um, that I think you're envisioning, but I would really like that that understanding and acknowledgement of Finn's own past in episode yeah. nine that kind of perhaps inspires the stormtroopers. It's true. You're right. Like, just listening to you, I'm like, yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Good. See, so this no. is how we work, guys. <laughs> we never really disagree. Because <laughs> this is the problem, not the problem with Finn, the problem with myself. And, and we've talked about this before on the show or on Twitter or somewhere on the internet um, about how when I'm like outside, when I'm not watching the films, I like completely forget about other characters besides like Ray and Kylo when I'm doing my theorizing. 
<laughs> so I'm like, I don't want anything to take away time from Ray and Kylo. But then once I actually am like watching the films, I'm like, oh my God, is Finn not the light of the world? Do I not love him with <laughs> every best. ounce of my being? Like, give this man more screen time. So <laughs> I totally agree. Um, Finn is like yeah. top five favorite characters, probably. I love him. He when he's on screen, I'm just like, you're the I'm best. Riveted. Yeah. Like there's that <laughs> you're the best. Yeah. I remember um, at the end of The Last Jedi, the first time we saw it, and I'm like, good God, Ryan Johnson, if I have to watch Finn die with my own two eyes. I was sobbing. I was I was distraught because, like, at that point, we were both prepared for Luke to die, and I was like, you're going to kill Finn? <laughs> um, and I was really upset. Uh, thankfully, that didn't happen, though. So, yeah, I mean, still, all right. Yes. Give me the Stormtrooper Uprising. Um, Good. Okay, but if you if you had to pick those, Stormtrooper Uprising or Hux will stage a coup. Why can't they happen at the same time? I don't know. I'm just because. Okay, we talked about this in our speculation episode because I was like, Hux is going to need stormtroopers to stage the coup with, but if they're all uprising, the coup is going to happen in the beginning of the film, and then they all turn on him at the end. Yeah, and it will like turn the tide of the entire war. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm sold. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. So our next question is from WSTR Media, who asks, can the Star Wars community be fixed or better in 2019? And that's a heavy question. I don't know if it can be fixed, but it can definitely be better. I mm-hmm. feel like with the amount of content that's coming out, The Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, Episode Nine. If there's not something for you that you didn't have an attachment for before, then I just can't help you. And why <laughs> anyone's – do you know what I mean? Like, if you really yeah. hate Star Wars this much, like, just leave the fandom. Like, it's not for you anymore. It's not – it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to, like, I know. actively rebel against something that is producing content that millions of people actually like. It's just, like, yeah. it's sad to me. I think the I fandom think can improve because of the amount of stuff that's coming out. Um but I don't know if it will be fully re- repaired. I think that's – I think it's such a hard question because right now I really like where Star Wars is headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've touched on this a number of times, but like what happens if Kylo isn't redeemed at the end of Episode Nine, And how is that going to feel? Like that. that'll be so hard. Yeah, it's going to yeah. feel – bad and i i hope (laughs) i hope that i'm not that person that is really angry about it but i think i might be um just because i invested so much time in this character and and was really certain that his story was going a certain way and then all of that was kind of disproven so i think it would be really a hard pill to swallow but i hope that i would be able to like take the advice that we're doling out right now of you know if it's not for me that's okay like there are other parts of star wars that i like and not everything is for me um it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be and i think that's good like in some ways it's like good that i had um i hesitate to even say a lukewarm response to solo because i really like solo but it's not something that i like reach for all the time when i want to watch star wars um so was definitely the first star wars movie for you that you were like yeah Good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's Star Wars, and I and I like Star Wars, so like I like this, but it's like bottom of my list. 
mm-hmm. and I never really had that experience before. Um, and there's still a lot of things I like about Solo, but it's just not something I talk about a lot because it's mm-hmm. not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I, I hope that I'll be able to like take that with me should the situation ever arise for me in the future again. <laughs> you know, back to the question about what we disagree on. I think Solo was the first time we were like, wow, we yeah. actually don't feel 100% on the, uh, on the same page about this. I like Solo yeah. way more than you like Solo. And yeah, that's true. I actually watch it pretty frequently. Like every time I get on a plane, Solo is really easy to watch on a plane, guys, if you haven't done that. It's like it's really fast. It's snappy. Um, and I feel like we both kind of had – a little bit of like a not a disagreement but I liked it more than you did and that was kind of strange yeah. honestly yeah it was I remember breaking it down in the hotel room afterwards and being like yeah I think I'm giving this like a like a b b minus and you were like I've given it like an a <laughs> <laughs> like, oh okay um yeah like I've, I've only watched solo I think I've only watched it once or twice um once mm. when we did our like recap of it with like the bonus features Mm-hmm. and stuff and then i think i don't even think i watched it all the way through the next time um wow. yeah and yeah you're right solo was kind of the first thing we disagreed on but i don't know i feel like people like want us to have these like really heated arguments but it never turns out that way <laughs> yeah it's just not like that <laughs> yeah it's like oh well these are the reasons why i thought it was better than it was and here are the reasons why i didn't think it was and okay <laughs> <laughs> but i think I think as far as like online fandom goes, back to like WSDR Media's question, it's just about – I don't know. It feels strange to say it, but almost like kind of like stay in your lane mm-hmm. um, or like – that sounds like kind of harsh the way it came out, but I don't mean it like that. But like don't go – like when everything is so heated and we don't know how this trilogy is ending yet and people have really strong opinions about things – don't like seek out discourse that you know you're going to disagree with from like a corner of fandom that you know has a different opinion than you um, and and people that you like don't have a relationship with either to like openly talk about the things you disagree on because mm-hmm. um, it's not I a see discussion. that so much. Yeah, it's not a discussion. Then, like, like, like in Raylo, um, when people post about Raylo, and then people who don't support that relationship just kind of jump in and start. I don't know. Like, it, it wasn't a discussion. It was just, like, someone with a Raylo opinion wanting to share with other Raylos um, or mm-hmm. vice versa. Like, if you're just wanting to talk about how you really don't appreciate the, like, the story of Ben Solo or whatever it is, that's fine. That's your opinion on the film. Um, but you don't want, like, a Raylo coming in and telling you, you know, 99 ways that you're wrong. Um, and the same as vice versa. So, I don't know. That feels like a weird thing to say for a platform like Twitter that's made for like talking to people, but mm-hmm. kind of where I am now. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, so our next question is from Rick. Congrats on two years. Thank you. Have there been any topics that you've discussed on the pod that you've changed your mind on or feel differently about now? Um, the biggest one is Raylo. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the easiest one. Um, yeah. I even though like you listen to some of our older episodes and you're like, wow, <laughs> that's Raylo. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I feel like I listen back on some of my critiques of The Force Awakens, um, and I feel like I've softened a little bit on that. 
And I think it's just with the, and I knew this would happen. And I, w- I would acknowledge this on the podcast that e- even then that I needed that second piece. I needed um, The Last Jedi to like kind of understand my opinion about The Force Awakens. And I think that my opinion also on Rogue One is like always changing. It's like you ask me every other day how I feel about that movie and I just don't even know. So <laughs> I feel like I, I, I don't know. Some days I'm like, oh my God, that's the best movie ever. Other days I feel pretty lukewarm about it. And I don't, I feel like it, whenever you catch me when we're recording this show, it could be different. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. Your opinion on Rogue One flip flops. Oh my God. I've had so many existential crises about <laughs> Rogue yeah, One. It's funny. It's like at least <laughs> once a week, I can expect a text message about Charlotte's current state of mind on Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's a good example, though, The Force Awakens, because there, I feel like when we first reviewed it, we were kind of more in the like, that's ah, such a copycat, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Um, but now you're right, having the second piece, it's like, oh, I can see how all of these things are connected, and I have a much greater appreciation for that film. It's not that mm-hmm. I don't think our critiques were wrong, it's just they're not as important anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the big thing. Well, it's the nuance but, that comes with the second piece of the chapter. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's like Star Wars, the original trilogy was created like the first one can be viewed as its own separate movie. And now since these movies are all being developed as like a three-part series, it's everything is dependent on each other. So we need those final pieces to like actually solidify our opinions about that. Yeah, I know you had um, like a not I went like a a much greater appreciation for Rebels going down the line yeah. than I think you started off with. Yeah, so Rebels to me in 2018, like I rewatched the entire series, and um, when we started the show, I wasn't like a huge Rebels fan. I, I watched every episode, but I wasn't like diehard. It wasn't until like the last season that I was like, oh my god, this is so good. And I look back on Rebels now. And I'm, like, so thankful for that. It's weird. I think about Rebels as, like, a closed book that you can, like, put on a shelf because it's just such a compact story that is so beautiful and so reflective of the Star Wars themes. And now that we have this, like, complete piece, I appreciate it so much more. So it's literally the same thing as I'm saying about the sequel trilogy. Is like, now we have more information <laughs> and I can look back <laughs> on it with, like, reverence and understand why I like it. And I yeah. feel the same way about Rebels. And I think that I gained such an understanding of what Rebels was really trying to do in that final season and what they were able to do for Star Wars storytelling, I have such a tremendous respect for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so our next question was is from Julia, and she asks, aside from Episode 9, what announced upcoming project are you each most excited for? And also, if you could greenlight anything at Lucasfilm, what would it be? Oh, Clone Wars. <laughs> um, Same. <laughs> well it's really hard because i really struggled with i think i'm really looking forward to the mandalorian too <laughs> like a lot i'm looking it's like forward a, it's a dream it, but 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 to get that final piece of the clone wars is also just going to be so special and i know that dave yeah. like they i'm sure they allowed dave to like put his heart and soul into this ending and i just can't wait to see it Ugh. i can't wait to see ahsoka again so. i'm that's funny because I'm like, yeah, Dave Filoni. And then I'm like, ah, oh, Dave Filoni getting to direct the first episode of The Mandalorian. The first I'm two. So proud. First the two. first two. Oh, yeah. The first. I'm so proud. Um. 
I'm so what am I most excited about? I'm most excited for all of Dave Filoni's upcoming projects. Yes. Yes. Fully agree. Yeah. I'm ready to follow Dave on any yeah. project that he does, basically. Exactly. And if I could greenlight anything at Lucasfilm, I think um, of course, you know, my tiny docuseries on the last 20. Um, but also the like the uh, a lot of people brought up the Mortis Gods coming up in episode nine or in the future, but like our super stylistic Studio Ghibli style uh film on the Mortis Gods, I think would be really cool. I said that I wanted Kira and Maul's story before, and I really do. It's really important to me that that continues. But I think I'd greenlight a Luke and Ben anything. Anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would greenlight that too. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So our next question is from Casey. Beyond episode nine, what themes do you hope future films will cover? I think I, I mean, I uh, like the heroes on both sides, which we talk about Agnosium on this show, um, but really kind of exploring that. And the fact that we're getting this Cassian Andor series, I think we'll really delve into that. Mm-hmm. So I like those kinds of themes where it's, you know, what we got before was very, like, it could be very black and white. The prequels are, of course, a lot more nuanced. Um, but then we're just getting, like, more and more nuance into this world the the deeper we dive into these different galaxies or into these different systems in mm-hmm. the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. So I like seeing – I like just seeing different iterations of these similar themes. I think that's what's great about Star Wars is that even though we're – looking at these worlds that look really different from ours, we're still dealing with a lot of the same concepts of like, you know, what what is it to really be good and or bad? It's not – you can't just categorize people that way. There are a lot more layers to someone. Mm-hmm. I would love – and this isn't necessarily a theme. It's just something I'd really like, like a, almost a genre that I want Star Wars to tackle. I would love to see a truly – first and foremost foremost romance against the backdrop of like war-torn society in a way that's like Casablanca-esque um I would love that one that's like I think the the relationship in the sequel trilogy is quite subtle I don't necessarily want it to be subtle in whatever they tackle I think that love and romance like a, a heavy romance like like I said like Casablanca would be amazing in Star yeah. Wars. I always I always wonder if Ryan's trilogy is gonna have like a really explicit romance at the center of it. I think that would be really great. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I'm for that. Uh okay, so our next question is from Kate Bennett who asks, Do you have significant others? If so, are they into Star Wars? And if not, what do they think of your involvement in the fandom? And then she also asks, also, who would you cosplay if skills or money are no object? And fave Republican senator in Clone Wars, excluding Padme. Okay. No, we don't have significant others. And it's probably because we have a podcast. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> well, we don't. So we're single as a Pringle. Okay. <laughs> then <laughs> That's why we're single is because you yes, said single, single as, as a Pringle. Pringle. Not you. Th- th- here's the layers. You said single as a Pringle on our Star Wars podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the layers are so deep. <laughs> so we're also guys, two hours into the Star Wars podcast, so I don't know. It's so nuanced. <laughs> it's so nuanced. 
<laughs> yeah. So no. Okay. So who would you cosplay if there was no if money were no object? I don't know. The thing is, I don't really like cosplay that much. Mm, um, I do. I think I would just want. I know you do. Um, <laughs> I think I would just want like a really cool like costume that I could just have someone make for me. I don't need it to be cosplay. Like we saw um, those girls the last celebration who did the Star Tours outfits. Yes. Um, yes. That that kind of thing I think would be really fun. Or we saw those girls who did like retro Ahsoka. Um, yes. Yes. I want like a really well done one of those costumes. I don't want like I don't want to. I don't want to like full on cosplay as Ahsoka Tano. Well, I want to full on cosplay as Padme. Um, I if I had if money were no object, I'd buy one of Padme's costumes that are like the the ones that are like fifteen hundred dollars or more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that are like heavy gowns with many pieces that like require their own suitcase when you travel. Like I, I want one of those. Like maybe like the queen outfits. That would be so cool. Oh wow. Yeah. Like something like intense that would be like extremely transformative. I love that. That's why I like costumes, is I like being able to step into somebody else's shoes and see yourself totally different than you saw yourself before. And what more dramatic than the Padme transformation. I do love um, the green velvet dress. Yes. Yes. I love that dress. Such a good hood. Fan, a great hood. Um, Quality hood. Yeah. Um, Who's your favorite Republic senator? Do I have a favorite Republic senator? (laughs) I like Bail. I do like Bail. She's not Republic, but I was going to say Mina Bonteri. Oh, I love Mina. Me too. Oh, oh my God. Well, it's... Satine's not a senator, but I love mm-hmm. her. Um, I love Mina, though. Mina, the voice actress, like, Mina's got such a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. Miss You're her. right about that. I was going to say Ryu Chuchi. <gasps> yeah. Love her. So oh. cute. <laughs> she's, so ad- she's so cute. Like, really cute. <laughs> Adorable. I would love to yeah. dress up as Ryu. So that cute. Would be, that would be a good cosplay. Yeah. Also, the name, like, Chuchi, so cute. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say, um, crap, I can't think of her name now, Force Awakens um, Republic in the cantina. Senator. I think about, like, old Republic Senator, like a prequel trilogy. Oh, oh no, I was thinking for cosplay. Um, oh. The, oh, my God. Bazine Natal. Yes. Oof, that's a dream cosplay, guys. I've talked about this for years. I think yeah, it's on one really, of our first episodes. I feel like you really just want to like dip your hands in black paint so you can get that look. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Oh, man. I want that so bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, God, should I do that? Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> so our next question is from JoJo. If you could change one thing, big or small, about any of the movies, what would it be and why? Uh, R.E.R. Crawl episode, Four Dots and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Please change that. God. <laughs> I would also change the CG in A New Hope of Han and Jabba. Would you just remove that scene entirely or would you just improve the CG? I don't know if I'd CG? remove it, but I'd fix it so that Han doesn't like glitch over the top of, of Jabba. <laughs> That's really the worst, isn't it? When they, it's like they just they click and drag him over <laughs> Java. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Ooh, oh, oh my god. No, I know. I know what I would do. This like goes way back to like the start of our Star Wars love. I would re-edit the end Revenge of the Sith <laughs> so that the Palpatine and Yoda fight is either not there or it does not interrupt Anakin and Obi-Wan's fight. I don't have a good reason for it. I'm sure it, like it's meant to flow well, but I hate it. I hated it when I was 13. I still hate it now. <laughs> It's just so funny. Guys, that was really funny. Caitlin has always hated that. Like, really a stickler at that. Really? The problem is, is that I watched fan vids of Revenge of the Sith before I actually watched Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and they they cut out the Yoda and Palpatine fight. <laughs> and so it was just like this like, fabulous montage of uh, Mustafar and like Padme and all this drama. And then I remember watching it and being like, Good lord, how many times are we going to segue back to Yoda and Palpatine? Like, I can not. And I hate Yoda when he takes off his robe with the little jumpsuit. Like, I can't take him seriously. Oh, And when his nails scratch on the side. Ugh. The worst. No. No. <laughs> I actually really like that fight, though. I like it. I, I'm, I'm not in the same camp as you in that. I, I think I would no. change. I don't like when Vader... And this is so, this is such a standard answer. I don't like how they edited back in the Blu ray version, how they added, they edited Darth Vader to say no when he's looking from Luke to Palpatine, Luke to Palpatine. I just like, it's so like, come on, trust your audience. (laughs) (laughs) Big mood. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, get rid of Yoda, get rid of Palpatine, (laughs) nix them. I don't know if it's a good one, Caitlin. Mine. It's like it's it's so standard. I think that maybe standard if I were doesn't to mean bad. I also might make Anakin older in the Phantom Menace. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a really big one. But I just feel like it it might heal things a little bit more. I don't know. I think it might it might have been better if Anakin was slightly edit older. Edit that out. I'm not <laughs> editing that out. I, I actually feel that way. I think that it, I, I love little Anakin and I I love the Phantom Menace. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I think that some things might have made a little bit more sense in terms of the Anakin and Padme relationship if Anakin mm-hmm. wasn't nine years old. If he was like 12, I think it would be better. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah. I don't see it. I agree with it. I think that that is a big thing. <laughs> it's, it's a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Our last question is from Patrick. He asks, do you think the new canon has room for the Emperor's hand group? And if so, which members would you like to see introduced? I think it hmm, – I don't know if I think there's room. Again, I'm like, wow, let's not take away any more time from Kylo and Rey <laughs> with more characters. Well, uh, he, said, he said new canon, so it can be anywhere. Yeah, that's true. I think so. I don't – I mean, I guess like – the Inquisitors kind of filled that role. Um, I don't know if I necessarily need like all of these like legends concepts tied into Star Wars into like the new canon. Um, and I say that just as someone who isn't really into legends or never was. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess there's room for it in new canon. I don't know if I need it. Also, bear in mind that like I could honestly care less about the Knights of Ren. <laughs> so I feel like they're kind of on the same level. Like that's another thing we kind of disagree about, guys. Is oh, that yeah, I'm kind of jazzed about the Knights of Ren now. I didn't used to be. I'm kind of like getting into it mainly because I'm 
literally one episode away of finishing the Americans and <laughs> Carrie Russell is like giving me life. She is so cool that I want her so badly to be in Knights of Ren. And I don't think Caitlin's all the way there because <laughs> she doesn't see what I see. <laughs> I just like, I don't need the Knights of Ren to be a thing. <laughs> just like I didn't have a strong opinion about the Inquisitors. I could take them or leave them. I did. I mean, I loved Mar Jade. I thought she was like the one Legends character. I Like I said, I didn't read Legends, but I read up on Mara Jade on like Wikipedia and stuff. I read a lot of fan fiction with her in it. Um, so I liked the role that she played. Of course, I love that like enemies to lovers trope <laughs> um, that we see with Mara and Luke. But I just like I don't need. I don't need more of it, at least in our film. So if it's in like extra canon, sure, I can get into that. Um, but I don't I don't want it for this. I don't want it in episode nine. <laughs> I always kind of thought when I was reading the Doctor Dr. Afra, like when she was introduced to comics, I always kind of thought that she would kind of serve a similar role, not as a love interest to Luke at all, but almost because she was working for Darth Vader. And I mm-hmm. always kind of thought that she was put into the story to kind of be similar to Mara Jade. And I'm with you. I actually have maybe a controversial opinion about Mara Jade. I would like to see her come back into new canon, whether or not she's part of the Emperor's hand or whatever. I think that her character is so cool. I don't think it has to serve as a love interest to Luke. I don't I think there's more to her character than that. And I I actually would like to see her come back if she had her own comic book series or if somehow her storyline crossed in with um Vader's at all. I think that would be really cool. She's an awesome character, and I don't know if she really deserves to be kind of thrown away with like with the legends. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think Mara definitely is like the standout character, at least for us from Legends. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't hate that. Um, yeah, I'll like be surprised, but again, I, I don't think I want a Burr's hand in Episode Nine or something similar. Because again, I'm like watching the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, and I agree with you, but I I still feel like maybe maybe Mara Jade will come up in The Mandalorian or something. Like yeah. I, I think that there, there's room that. for her to come back, and I, I don't I also don't put it past Lucasfilm to do that, given the fact that they brought back Thrawn to such great success, and yeah, Mara has like an equal fan base from you know Thrawn and Mara is like from the same series, so I feel like it it just kind of makes sense to me. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw something like hinted at about Mara coming back into Canon at celebration potentially. Hmm. Yeah. That would be bananas. Um, I would be really excited about that. That's the weird thing. Like I'd be excited about that. Lukewarm about, about Thrawn. But if, if they were like, Oh, we're bringing back Mara. Like you don't know where you're going to see her, but we're bringing her back. I'd be like, Ooh, fun. Exciting. Yeah. My, I always the fan art from Myra was always so good. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her concept. Yeah, I'm is for like, that. Yeah, yeah. It's a good concept. I'm for it. Totally. Anyway, I think that 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 brings us to the end of our quite long Patreon Patreon our quite long um, <laughs> question and answer session for our anniversary episode. Um, yes. 
We said it at the top of the show, but once again, thank you everyone who is listening, whether you listened to that really bad first episode or you're just joining us for the first time. Um, we don't take this platform for granted. So thank you so much for um, letting us spend time with you throughout the day. It really does blow our minds. Um, and we love podcasting. We love chatting with you guys. And we're really looking forward to this next year, as Charlotte said, on the precipice of falling into the galactic void of Star Wars in 2019. <laughs> um, so <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or on our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have a website, skytalkers.com or our Instagram, which is at SkytalkersPodcast. And uh, we also have a YouTube channel, not the defunct one, a different one <laughs> um, that has playlists for all of our favorite fan vids. So I feel like we I talked about fan vids a lot in this episode. So you can go and check some of our favorites out over there if you're interested. And mm-hmm. if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes and want to head on over to iTunes to leave us a review, we and the show would really, really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. We also have a Facebook page, which we never plug, but we have we a do. Facebook page. If you guys are on Facebook, you can like our page. I also just want to say a huge thank you to our patrons. Some of you have been with us through the beginning. Some of you are new, and I'm just so we are, we are both so thankful for your support, and it really just keeps us going. And like Caitlin mentioned, podcasting it's not free, so it really does help us. Um, so thank you to Amy, Joanna, Neil, Mary, Larry. James, Tracy, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, BJ, Ewan, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Catherine, Manny, I, Rebel, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lump of Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, Gina, Megan, Rebecca, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you guys. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.